Peace. Peace always seems to be a hot topic, especially when Christmas surfaces every year. Every year we talk and sing about peace on earth, goodwill to men, but does it ever really come about? Is there ever peace? With so much hatred, with so much war, can peace truly exist? But is peace just simply the absence of external conflict, or is it something more, something deeper? Something more profound, something so rich and so precious, something that can never be taken by war, death, or hate. Something that is flat out untouchable. That's the kind of peace that's offered to us in Jesus Christ. It's the end of hostility between God and his people. It's the end of the death penalty because of sin. It's the end of our alienation. It's his welcome into the kingdom, his adoption of us as his sons and daughters. It's the incredible, indomitable rescue through the cross of the living Son of God. It's the peace that is Jesus Christ. So when we remember the little baby in the manger this Christmas, try not to think, aw, isn't he cute? Try thinking that this is our king who will soon end the greatest war that ever was. This is our ultimate mediator. This is our perfect peacemaker. This is our sacrifice. This is our peace. Jesus Christ is our peace. I told the last service, I feel like after watching that video, I could just say, there's the message, amen, have a great week, see you later. Uh, but... Um, I feel like there's more than that uh, for us today, but it really does summarize what today is all about as we come to week three in our Advent series, our Christmas series from heaven above. And when Jesus came into this world, when God sent his only son into this world as a child, as a Christ child, uh, we received a gift. And ultimately, the gift that we received was the gift of salvation, uh, faith in God's Son, Jesus, the Bible makes it very clear, gives us eternal life in heaven one day with him. And that's the ultimate gift. But along with Jesus and through Jesus and in Jesus more specifically and more correctly, we receive gifts. Gifts like hope and love, as we've talked about these past few weeks. And today, we talk about peace and light, as we talk about next week. And our understanding of those gifts, our understanding of those concepts, our understanding of those things that God so graciously gave us is so finite, it's so limited, and in fact, we as humans, we really don't comprehend what God was doing in giving us hope and love and peace and light. And it certainly plays out in today's topic, peace. Because peace has been elusive for all of humanity, hasn't it? Peace is something that we strive for, that people get up and, and shout from the rooftops that they want, that they're for, that they uh, want to see happen in the world. There's, there's no one who disagrees with that. Yet, a study years ago from the personal journal showed that since the beginning of recorded history, the entire world has been at peace less than 8% of the time. Isn't that amazing? Let that sink in for a second. The world 
has been at peace less than 8% of the time. And in fact, the same study went on to to discover that out of 3,530 years of recorded history, only 286 of those years saw peace in the world. 286. And even more impressive or unfortunate or disappointing is is that in excess of 8,000 peace treaties have been made in recorded history. And not one of them has been perfectly kept. Is peace elusive to us? You bet it is. You bet it is. In our world, we live in relative peace compared to to history before, compared to time before. In fact, um, studies, more recent studies have shown that we live in perhaps one of the most peaceful times in all of human history. In fact, there's a Harvard professor, Professor Steve Pinker, who did a whole study on peace through human history. And he says violence has been in decline over long stretches of time leading up to the current time. And we may be living right now in the most peaceful time in human existence. But look around. (laughs) Watch the news. Read an article. It's impossible to find peace. And even while at a macro level, at a large level, from the 40,000 foot view around the world, peace might be a little more common today than it was uh, years ago or centuries ago. On a macro level, there's nothing but strife. There's nothing but conflict. There's nothing but wars. Domestic violence has has skyrocketed in recent years. The divorce rate in the world is is through the roof. And even among people of faith, um, in some studies, it's actually surpassing the rest of society. Maybe in part because society's looking at marriages and going, "I, I don't really want to do that. Sexual assault especially as we've seen in recent weeks over and over and over again, is through the roof, especially among those who are in powerful positions. Political divides, social divide, even, yep, church divides sometimes. Show us that peace is something that's elusive. And today, before we dive into God's word, I want to challenge your current definition of peace. I want to challenge your understanding of what you, you perceive or what you think or what you've been told that word means because I believe that what we're going to discover today in God's word in this beautiful gift from heaven above in Jesus is that the peace that he brings is completely different than the peace that we want, we think we should have or we think the world should have. Why don't we pray before we dive in? Father God, I pray that you would lead us and guide us this morning. As we talk about this topic that's very popular to talk about, but extremely difficult to implement, I pray that you would, your Holy Spirit would pierce our hearts, that you would investigate our lives. And I pray for those who are in this room who have never received the peace that you bring, the eternal, ultimate peace that you bring. I pray that today might be the day that they receive the peace that comes from you in Jesus. And for those of us who are here and we've already made that decision, God, I pray that today would be a day that we would inspect our lives 
and really be honest about how we as Christ followers are doing with sharing the peace that you brought. Would you lead us and guide us, Holy Spirit? May my words not be mine, but may they be yours. And we pray all this in your son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Today, I want to share four thoughts uh, with you on this subject of, of peace from God's word. And, you know, when, when you really think about it, it is something that the world just talks about wanting all the time and we can't get. And, and the problem, is, is, that, uh, the problem is, is that there's this chasm between God and man and it's called sin. And that existed from the beginning in the Garden of Eden. We read about it in Genesis chapter 1 all the way back at the beginning. And because of that, we have this dilemma in the world that peace doesn't exist. But Jesus was supposed to bring peace, Right? Jesus is supposed to bring peace into the world. That's one of the gifts. That's one of the things that we talk about during the Advent season, during the Christmas season. It's it's included in many of the Christmas songs that we sing about. It's certainly on just about every card you receive this Christmas. Am I right? And so we talk about it. We want it. But how do we get it? And if Jesus brought peace into this world, why isn't this world peaceful? I want us to consider four things this morning in the first is that Jesus' gift of peace is different than the peace that we think of, the peace that the world desires, and the peace that we as humans have obviously tried and failed before. Now, I think generally what we think of when we think of the word peace is we think of an absence of conflict in the relationships that we have with each other. Am I right? In fact, the the lead-in video talked about that. That, that our version of peace, our definition of peace, is that we wouldn't have conflict with each other. That we would have a, 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 be able to have a relationship or live in a community or have a marriage or have a family where there's not conflict involved in any of it. I would imagine that um, I'm probably not the only one who hates conflict. And those of you who are, you know, in fact, let's do this right now. How many of you just really hate conflict right now? Don't look around to see who's not raising their hand, by the way. All right. Conflict is something that none of us want, but we have to realize that it exists in every single relationship that we have. And I think part of the problem is, is that our definition of peace is, is really not God's definition of peace. We make up what we think peace should be all about. John records Jesus' words in John 14, 25 through 27. Jesus said this, These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. The Helper, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives. Not as the world gives. Not as the world gives, he says, do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You see, God understands this. That once sin entered the world, that there was always going to be conflict among humans. If you're married in here, you always will have arguments and disagreements, at the very least, with your spouse. Shocker, right? Your kids will always drive you nuts at some point in time. 
You will have family members over at different times of the year, and you're about ready to let them leave as soon as they get there. Communities get ripped apart and torn apart because we have conflict in relationships. And as much as I hate it, as much as we don't want it, conflict exists. So the idea of peace on our terms, the absence of conflict, is going to be impossible. But Jesus said, I am the peace. And Jesus said, uh, essentially, my peace I leave with you, not the type of peace that the world gives, essentially taking away any thought that we may have about peace. You see, God's peace is full reconciliation with God. That's the peace that he brought into the world when he sent his son Jesus into this world as a baby to be born in a manger, to eventually die on a cross. He brought peace with God because right now the way it exists is that our sin, and Romans tells us that we all have sin, um, if there's any of you that think that you're perfect or nearly perfect in this room, um, like we all have that, and so it separates us from God. There's not peace between us and God, except for Jesus. And the gift from heaven above came to solve that conflict. To resolve that relationship. You see we are concerned so much. About what takes place here. We, we're so concerned about peace in the world. And peace among us. And peace in our, our communities and our churches. And so we should be. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But because God's definition of peace. Is reconciliation with him. Our first step is to ensure. And make sure that this is right. Not this. And see if we get this right. This then will follow. If we get this right, then all of a sudden it's going to be a little less difficult to have peace with other people. And so the first thing that we discover is, is that in this world, we have a different definition of peace than God does. The second thing I think we can learn from this gift is, is that Jesus' gift of peace is just a little bit beyond our human comprehension. It's just a little bit out there. It's like something that we kind of can almost grasp, but we, and we can strive to grasp it. We can strive to understand it, but it's just a little bit beyond our comprehension. Paul talks about this in Philippians 4, verse 7, when he says, "...in the peace of God, which surpasses all of our human understanding." will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I love that verse for two reasons. Number one, it's so honest about the fact that we have a hard time understanding peace. That we as humans have a hard time understanding the peace that God offers. But the second thing it does is it says it does guard our hearts in Christ Jesus. It's something that we can learn to trust even though we don't understand it. Uh, I'm sure that you have something that you have thought long and hard about that's something in your life that you trust but you don't fully understand. Something like um, getting in an airplane and trusting uh, a, a man or a woman, a pilot, to, to fly a hunk of metal up in the air, fueled by massive amounts of, of fuel, and it lifts off the ground and takes us from point A to point B. 
The, the, the 787, the Boeing 787-9 Dreamliner that's partly manufactured uh, just a little bit north of here in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, it is rated for a gross takeoff weight of 540,000 pounds. 540,000 pounds. That's a lot. That's a lot. No wonder they charge us for our luggage now. And guys, the next time um, your wife or significant other is bringing too many pieces of luggage and you say, the plane's going to be overweight, (laughs) don't worry about that. So that's just remarkable to me that a plane that's made of metal that's piloted by a human with error, and I don't even want to think about this too long because I'm flying here real soon, but like that it can actually get off the ground. But you know what I do? I pay a lot of money and I trust it. And see, that's a little bit the way peace is. The peace that comes from God, true peace through Jesus, is is that it's just a little bit beyond our comprehension, but yet we can trust it because we can trust him. And it really has to do with this third point, and that is is that Jesus' gift of peace is not found through Jesus, but it's found in Jesus. And some of you are like, wait a minute, that's the same thing. It's not at all. It's not at all. You see, I think sometimes we have this idea that peace can be found on the road of Jesus. And we get to the end and God's like, hey, surprise, here's where you find peace. That's not at all what his intent is. His intent is that we find peace in the person of Jesus. You see, it's actually in him where we find that peace. It's actually in who he is. Paul talks about this in Ephesians 2.14, this this letter he wrote to the church in Ephesus. He says this, for he, talking about Jesus here, he says, he himself is our peace. Who has made us both one and has broken us down in flesh and the dividing wall of hostility. And then we see how God himself was Peace in the, in the Trinity in, in Colossians uh, chapter, uh, chapter 1, 15 through 20. Uh, Paul writes this. He says he's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And then he goes on to describe how he and, uh, is part of uh, the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But check this out in verse 19 and 20. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell And through him, talking about Jesus here, to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of cross. You see, every time you look at that manger in the nativity scene or you see it on TV or something like that, I want you to think about the fact that it's made out of wood and the cross was made out of wood because there's a connection in God's gift of Jesus and the cross. And that connection is... So incredibly deep, and it's so incredibly extensive. Man. See, the Christmas story ushered in the Easter story just like that. That's what God was doing. He was coming to bring peace to the world, peace to your life and to my life. See, we view peace as the end of the journey with Jesus, but Jesus isn't the way to peace. He is peace. He is peace. The very embodiment of who he is is peace. 
And so before we move on, I just want to stop here because I know before we get to this last one, this fourth one, I realize that um, some of you are, are here today and, and you, know, you didn't really know that you were coming to church this morning, maybe even when you woke up and somebody dragged you here or you're here by you know, an invite or something like that. Or maybe you've been coming for a long time. Uh, and, and I just want to stop here. Because to this point, when we talk about the, the fact that Jesus is peace, that peace is a little bit beyond our understanding, that we have a different definition of peace, that God's definition of peace is so much better than ours, um, some of you have never accepted that peace in your life. And in a few minutes, I want to give you the opportunity to do that. Because God sent Jesus not for the sins of the whole world only. He sent Jesus for your sins. He sent Jesus to take that relationship that's broken between you and God. And he sent Jesus to repair that so that you don't have to. That's true peace, isn't it? That's true and lasting peace. The fourth point is this. Jesus' gift of peace is shared when we share Jesus. If he is peace, then when we talk about him with others, when we share other people uh, with other people about Jesus, about what he's done in our lives, when we share what God has done through his son, Jesus, then we are the ones who share peace. We're actually part of that process. We're part of, of um, helping someone else receive that gift of peace, and it's done in a variety of ways, but first and foremost, it's having a concern with the other person's relationship with God. One of my um, favorite Summer Olympic events is, is the relay events. Uh, I'm not much of a track and field guy, I'm just going to be real honest. I had a few people come up to me after the first service, and they said, man, I was really offended by what you said, because essentially you said track and field is boring. And I was like, yeah, I guess I kind of did. Sorry about that. And, and then they corrected me because I was talking about relay, and I said that the baton is ha handed off four times in, in relay. And it was a mistake because how many times is it handed from one person? Yeah, three times. So anyway, yeah, I was a little sleepy and cold at 9.15 this morning, evidently. But one of, my favorite, one of my favorite events at track and field is, is the relay, and, and, and I love it, and if I'm really honest, and if you're going to be honest with me, you love it when they have the camera zoomed in at the handoff, because what are we waiting for? For that runner that's behind, you know, you got the first leg, and he, he or she hands it off to the second leg, and what are we waiting for? Yeah, you're waiting. Somebody, one person said it. We're waiting for them to, to drop it, right? Like, you're like, oh, I hope they get the handoff, you know. Or, you know, if you're rooting against another country, it's not very peaceful, by the way. But, like, I hope they miss the handoff. Okay, you've probably thought it before. Um, and I love that picture because that's the picture of someone who has the baton of peace. And they're sharing it with someone else. But the, the other person is reaching behind and they're grabbing onto it. And they're accepting it and then they're moving forward. And guess what that one does? In a few hundred meters, they do the same thing, don't they? They take that baton of peace and they share it with the next guy or the next gal and they pass it on. And I got to tell you, if we're ever going to have peace in the world, once we get this right, that's the picture of what the church ought to be about. About sharing that peace, about handing it over, about having those who don't have it receive it and pass it on to someone else. Man, that's the picture of the gift from above, the gift of peace. Isaiah 
talks about this. I love it. Isaiah 57 or 52, 7 through 10. I'm just going to read verse 7. He says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings, what are those next two words? Good news. It's the same word that Jesus used in a different language, because this is in Hebrew here. It's the same idea and the same word that was used in the Greek years later that Jesus came for. He came to bring good news. That's the gospel. That word gospel means good news. Man, I love that. That's awesome. How beautiful on the mountains, upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace. I love that the uh, English Standard Version here uses the word published because that's so exhaustive. It's like announcing it, you know, writing it, preparing it. You know, it's the whole thing. Publishing peace. Man, I love that picture. I love that picture. Who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes, there's that word again, salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Love that. And look, church, that's, that's our job. Our job is not to, like many politicians and um, pageant, uh, you know, attendees or, or people who are in pageants and even pastors like myself sometimes and um, people who are on TV just say, what we need is we need world peace. Yeah, we do. We do. But that's only going to happen when we get this right first, when we find peace here. And then when we pass it on, and we do it by handing off that baton of good news, that baton of peace, but we do it in subtle ways in our own world, in our own life, in our own neighborhoods, behind our own gated communities, in our schools, in the places that we work, in our homes. You see, you and I can be people who are serious about bringing peace to the world, but we do it by bringing peace to our world. So the question I have for those of you who are already Christians, who are already Jesus followers, who have already put your faith in him for salvation, is what are you doing to bring peace into your world? I'm asking myself the same question. What am I doing to bring peace into my home? Man, sometimes I fail at that. What am I doing to bring peace into the lives of my children? What am I doing to bring peace into my church, into my community, into my neighborhood? What are we as a church doing to promote and to publish peace? See, once we do get this right, then we have a responsibility, don't we? To pass the baton. To pass that baton of peace to someone who doesn't yet have it. Maybe for you, what that means is um, asking someone to forgive you. Maybe it's accepting forgiveness that's been extended your way. Maybe it's being the first one to initiate the restoration and the reconciliation of a relationship that's been broken. Perhaps it's serving someone who needs to be served. Maybe it's, it's... loving a group of people or a person who the rest of the world thinks is very unlovely. There are a lot of ways that we can pass the baton of peace, 
It begins with passing the baton of Jesus and the fact that he is peace. And once we do that, that paves the way for us to do it in so many other ways. I hope that we would do that this Christmas. I hope that we would do that this week. That's my prayer and that's my challenge. And Father God, I pray that you would help us to be promoters and publishers of peace. God, may we be the person that Isaiah wrote about. May we be the people, the kind of people who are thinking about people in our lives, people that are in our world that we see day in and day out and asking ourselves the question, am I someone who is passing along peace? Am I someone who is inviting people to be a part of this church or to come to my group or to um, have a cup of coffee and tell them what Jesus has done in my life. God, I pray right now for the Christ followers who are in here. God, I pray that you would bring to mind for all of us, for each one of us, uh, an area that is in our world currently where we can be promoters and publishers of peace. May we be people who take seriously um, reaching out to our world being the initiator, taking an ownership. And God, may we be people who are courageous enough to ask for forgiveness or to be the one that begins the restoration process or steps up to the plate and serves our neighbor or a coworker or someone who's in need. God, I pray that we would be people who take and receive the baton of peace. God, that we wouldn't, wouldn't run too very long before we hand it off to someone who doesn't have it. God, help us to take that seriously, especially this time of year. And right now, I just pray for those who may be in here who have never received the peace that you offer. If you're here today and um, you've never put your faith in Jesus, you've never received that peace that I'm talking about, it doesn't mean that your life from this point on will be perfect. It doesn't mean that every relationship will be perfect. It doesn't mean that um, there will be no problems or that all the trouble that you faced in the past will be gone like that. But receiving the peace that Jesus brought when he came into this world means that you can at least know that for eternity you'll have peace with God. And that when you die, um, you'll spend eternity with him in heaven one day. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you will be saved. And so right now, for those who have never received the peace of God through Jesus, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I want to invite you to pray that silently along with me, just you and God, um, if it's the desire of your heart. It's a very simple prayer. It goes something like this. You can just pray this silently in your heart. God, thank you for being peace. in the midst of the chaos of my life right now I admit that I have failures that I have missteps and that I have sin that keeps me from you and right now I receive you Jesus as my peace I receive you Jesus to be my savior I trust in you for salvation 
Help me now to live for you. In the quietness of this room, just with every head bowed and every eye closed, um, when I was six years old, I prayed a prayer very similar to that. I rededicated my life at 12 years old, but the key to my spiritual growth was getting involved. And if you're here today and you prayed that prayer, I'm just going to ask you to look up at me and, and raise your hand so I can begin that involvement process by praying for you. I won't embarrass you, I promise. I just want to see your hand. Just look up at me. Raise your hand if you prayed that prayer along with me. Anyone in this room? Awesome. Awesome. Anyone else this morning? If you're here and you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to make sure that you fill out that card, that connection card at the bottom of your worship folder today. Turn that into guest services. Let us know about your decision um, to accept Jesus as your Savior. We want to follow up with you. Father God, I pray that you would just be pleased with your people. God, I pray that this Christmas that we are people who promote peace. And God, I pray that we would go from this place um, remembering the true reason for Christmas. And that is as you sent your son a gift from heaven to bring hope and to bring love and to bring peace and to bring light. And God, now we just enter into this these last few weeks leading up to the day we celebrate Christmas, um, worshiping you for all that you've done and the gifts you sent from heaven above. In Jesus' name I pray.